We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 11th, 2010. And today, the uh, subjects we're going to be covering, we're going to be doing some looking at some Bible verses regarding the heart to kind of start out the teaching. And then we're going to be doing pretty much a full update on the situation in the Gulf. Several different things we'll be covering. And then we'll segue a little bit later into... Uh, some things that Obama's been up to. Going for, I'm looking at my table of contents here because there's so many things we're going to be covering today. And uh, we're going to be looking also at Turkey as they're really trying, at this point, they're starting to really turn their back on Israel. We're going to be looking at that situation, uh, how the Obama administration is decreasingly going against Israel at this point. And then we're going to be looking at some exposés on the Catholic Church, on the sexual abuse scandal cover-up that continues to unfold and come out. And uh, be capping things off by 11 ways we're being tracked, traced, and databased. So let's go ahead and we'll start off the teaching here with some Bible verses regarding the heart. Deuteronomy 11, verse 18, verse 16 through 18a says, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods, and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up heaven, that there be no rain, that the land yield not her fruit, and lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul. So the Bible's cautioning us here, that our heart be not deceived. And again, we're going to be looking at several other verses here regarding this. Because evidently, when the heart is deceived, it's possible to turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And you may not even be aware that you're doing this. And I see a lot of this in the... Uh, well, a lot of this in cults. A lot of this in pseudo-Christian circles where they're actually... Their heart is turned aside. They're actually serving other gods, and yet they're not even aware of it. So, it's something that we always need to check ourselves. The Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And he who is spiritual judgeth all things. Now, there's a difference between that type of judging and the hypocritical judgment that the Bible condemns, which is where you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your others. That's the type of hypocritical judgment where Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. So, there's a difference there and you have to distinguish between the two. Proverbs 18.13 says, He that answer a matter... Before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him. And this is something that, that um, a lot of people tend to do as well. They, they have their mind made up. Don't confuse them with the facts because their mind's made up. So this happens quite a bit as well. Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And really, this verse right here is one of the main reasons a lot of people probably the majority of the people on the planet are going to end up in hell. Because the way that they're going seems right to them, but actually the end thereof are the ways of death. The Bible says, Narrow the, be the way that be to life eternal, few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many be, be that go thereat. So, there's really only two religious systems in the world. There's born-again Bible-believing Christianity, which is the narrow way. 
And I won't even try to even put a denominational label on that. And then there's the broad way, which is where you have all your isms, Catholicism and Hinduism and Buddhism and Mormonism and all the isms of the world, all the cults out there, um, which basically whatever you're trying to attain, whether it be nirvana, paradise, heaven, some people want to go to hell. Satanists, for instance, they actually literally believe they're going to reign with Satan in hell, <laughs> um, which is really delusional. But all those other isms, you get there through works. Every single one of them. You have to do and do and do and do to attain. Whereas Bible-believing Christianity, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if you could work for it, you could boast before God and he will not share his glory with anyone. So, just some things to think about regarding this whole subject. Then let's go further. Uh, Proverbs 28, 26. Boy, this goes against the world. what the world says. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But isn't that what all like the Hallmark commercials say to do? And all the... You know, all the movies and all the stuff on, you know, trust your heart, it'll never lead you wrong. <laughs> Reality is, the Bible says that uh, he trusted in his own heart as a fool. Now, I'm not saying your heart will always deceive you, okay? But it's just something that you, if you're feeling something and it's from your heart, you want to compare it with Scripture, which is kind of like the anvil of truth that everything needs to be tried upon. So, the heart is deceitful about, and then we have, um, oh, hold on, I'm skipping ahead here. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. So that's, if you walk wisely, and you're comparing things to Scripture, there's there's a, a, you know, the Bible says, he shall be delivered. So that's, that's something that's really good to ponder and think about there, as far as protection from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? And again, this flies in in the face of the modern conventional uh, things that were taught on TV and like through Oprah and things of this nature. And really a lot of religious systems, you, you rely on your heart and your feelings. Particularly the charismatic movement, it's it's very much a heart thing. You, you go up there, you get wrapped up in this or that, and you're seeking your next word of prophecy. And many times these things that you're getting don't line up with the word of God and if they don't come to pass, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 that the words of a true prophet, they need to be coming to pass every time. And um, they also should be lining up with the word of God as well. So things you want to look at whenever you're getting a supposed word from the Lord. So the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, and according to the fruit of his doings. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. So a fool hath no delight in understanding. So, I mean, I hate to say it, but the reality of it is, is is the subjects that we get in on a week-to-week basis, and the subjects that, let's say, a, a good preacher preaching the Bible would get into, for the most part, the world has no no delight in understanding these types of things. Um, you've heard that expression like, ignorance is bliss, and you know these types of things. 
Most people really don't want to know. What's going on in the Gulf right now is a great example of that. There's a lot of people, the majority of people are just totally apathetic about the whole thing. Even if they live in Florida, they're apathetic. Because I just got out of there, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll give a testimony on that, probably in a separate teaching. I just wanted to get this teaching up first, and then I'll give you kind of an update on our situation, probably the next teaching we do. So... A fool have no delight in understanding. And then Proverbs Proverbs 18.2. That's a redundancy. Sorry about that. But anyway, it says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. So when a man looks at himself, usually, well, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm better than that guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty clean in my own eyes. It's how we tend to look at our own selves, typically, if you're not looking at it through the, the light of Scripture. And uh, it's real easy to start thinking that. People, well, I'm a pretty morally upright person. And that's that by itself would take a lot of people to hell as well, because they don't think they're in need of a Savior, because they're, they're in pretty good shape, according to them. But again, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Mark 7.13 says, "...making the word of God of none effect through your tradition." So most religions, uh, whether they be pseudo-Christian, whether they be, you know, a cult, an outright cult, they make the word of God of none effect through their tradition. Through some, you know, with Mormonism or or uh, the Seventh Day Adventists or these types of people, they were started through some man or woman that supposedly got a vision, and then they came out with all these extra biblical books. The Bible's kind of set aside, and then the prophecies take priority, and these extra-biblical books take priority over the Word of God. So they're making the Word of God of none effect through this tradition that they're developing. But it's a tradition that's just taking them straight to hell. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. That's why you just stick with the Word of God. He's not the author of confusion. If, if you're getting... Um, mixed signals from, let's say, a religion that you're in or whatever, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, or if you're getting prophecies and they don't line up with the Word of God, understand this, God's not out there trying to confuse you about everything. He's not the author of confusion. Just go by the book, and if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, in the English version of the King James Bible, if it doesn't line up with that, then don't follow it. It's as easy as that, really. Romans 3, 4. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Now, this is a huge one in just about every ism that we mentioned. They're trusting in some man, whether it's a priest, whether it's some televangelist, whether it's you know, a, a lukewarm pastor at a particular church. And I'm not indicting all pastors. I'm just saying, for the most part, the church is in a pretty sad state of affairs. Or whether it's some guru that you pursue um, in Hinduism or Buddhism or whatever. Bottom line is, most of the time, you're trusting in some man and you're risking your eternal soul and your salvation by trusting a man. It's not a position you want to put yourself in. Okay, so that was the, the little Bible study at the beginning here. Let's go ahead and get into the study on um, on the uh, Gulf updates now. First article is uh, entitled, Military Patrols Beach in Panama City. 
we're really shifting gears here, going from like Bible study to the. Um, this is uh, starts out by saying, "Now citizens are reporting the presence of soldiers on Florida's beaches." In the video below, and you can click on it to, to see it. I'm not going to play it for this particular clip, but in the video, several soldiers in combat fatigues were photographed driving vehicles on the beach in Panama City, Florida. On May 4th, up to 17,500 U.S. Army National Guard troops were mobilized by the Pentagon. That's a lot of troops, 17,500, were mobilized by the Pentagon to, quote, help various states with the oil spill. According to the Associated Press, Defense Secretary Robert Gates has granted requests to send troops of up to 6,000 by Louisiana, 3,000 to Alabama, 2,500 to Florida, and 6,000 to Mississippi. The military pictured in the video do not appear to be engaged in cleanup activities. It appears their presence on a crowded beach during a holiday weekend has but one purpose. It's to acclimate the citizens to the prospect of troops patrolling public spaces. And again, that's a big reason they're doing this is purely to acclimate us, mind control type of conditioning tool. And um, I'm really only hitting the high points with this lesson today. This lesson could be five, six times longer than it's going to be, but I'm trying to just hit the high points. I'm trying to kind of condense everything down because there's just there's too much to report on. And I, I haven't been able to do a teaching in quite a while because of my move and... Um, we're just trying to hit the high points here. So this next one, 2,400 Canadian soldiers and one combat engineer regiment based in Edmonton, Alberta, are on a 72-hour notice for deployment to the U.S. Gulf Coast. Now we're getting foreign troops involved, potentially. The 1st Canadian Mechanized Brigade Group frequently trains with U.S. Army units. The Canadian Engineer Regiment is often associated with the British British SAS and their role in recent conflicts such as Bosnia and Afghanistan has seen them doing less reconstruction work and more urban pacification and counterinsurgency operations. So this is what they've kind of been doing, urban pacification. Um, going around and placating, but also having their presence there as, as a conditioning tool. Canada and the U.S. have signed an agreement that paves the way for militaries from either nation to send troops across each other's border during an emergency. But some are questioning why the Canadian government has kept silent on the deal as neither the Canadian government nor the Canadian forces announced the new agreement, which was signed February 14th in Texas. General Jean Renault and Canadian Lieutenant General Mark Dumais, head of the Canadian command, signed the plan which allows the military from one nation to support the armed nations of the other nation in a civil emergency. Next article. This is from Anderson Cooper 360. Um, and you're going to see a lot of that today. A lot of mainstream, even mainstream news sources are chiming in on this. Uh, it's entitled US, uh, U.S. Felony Charges, Big Fines for Reporting Within the Gulf Oil Spill Zone. Anderson Cooper is quoted saying, We're talking about the government. A new rule announced today, backed by the force of law and the threat of fines and felony charges... A rule that will prevent reporters and photographers and anyone else from getting anywhere close to booms and oil-soaked wildlife in just about any place we need to be. By now, you're probably familiar with the cleanup crews, stiff-arming the media, private security blocking cameras, ordinary workers clamming up, some not even saying who they're working for because they're afraid of losing their jobs. 
Well, the Coast Guard today announced new rules keeping photographers and reporters and anyone else coming from within 65 feet of any response vessel or booms out on the water on the beaches. Violators could face a $40,000 fine and Class D felony charges. And again, if you want to go watch the video, I'll give you two links here. You can, you can do that. Now, we're going to listen right now to a little clip. I actually just heard this today from another on-the-spot observer uh, down there reporting on what's going on. And uh, I'm going to let this load here. Okay, so we're going to play this clip for you. And this is a guy named Matt Smith being interviewed. He's kind of on the site reporting regarding the Gulf oil spill. Tonight. So uh, tell me, is there anything that uh, is going on that's, that's real pertinent that you wanted to share with us right away? Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it's a scary situation down here. Uh, you know, I, I, I was pretty naive three, three weeks ago, I think, not only to this situation, but to the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the state of America as a whole. Um, you know, we came out here to originally shoot a documentary uh, the Project Gulf Impact one, uh, as a human interest story, and we very quickly realized that there's a lot more going on here, and, and, and the cover-up is so, the magnitude is so indescribable uh, that it, it's still hard to even talk about, but I'm doing it, um, you know, and the things that I'm learning are so incomprehensible to some people that, uh, you know, they're having a hard time digesting it, but uh, I'm learning a few things uh, while I'm out here, and, and I'd say the most pertinent thing is that I... I believe there's going to be an evacuation very soon, and that people, uh, and not a friendly one. Wow. What's the uh, mindset in, in the people around there? I mean, uh, what we like to we like to refer to them as either they're awake or. So, if you didn't hear that, I believe you said I believe there's going to be an evacuation soon, and not a friendly one. They're sleepers. Are there still a whole lot of sleeping people there? I like I like that I like I like what you refer to them as yeah you know unfortunately and this is this is one of the hardest things that's going on right now is we have so many sleepers I'd say about seventy to eighty percent of the people here are sleepers I, I was on a show last night and uh, you know I was talking about the fact that I think it's sort of like the people who who are from here are, are treating this like the death of a family member this whole spill everything that's been going on and they're still in the first stage which is denial. And it, 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 it's going to, I think, be, in some cases, deadly uh, to these people if they don't get out. So he's referring, referring to the people on the site, the majority of people there as sleepers, and referring to them as like in the first stage of, a, of in the death of a family member where you're in denial. A lot of these people have lost their livelihood. They've lost their jobs. Um, they're going to be losing more family members, uh, or family members are going to be becoming sicker. And it's just all too much too much for them to comprehend, so they're in denial um, regarding the situation. ...out of that state very quickly, and, and not to be an alarmist or anything, because trust me, I'm not, uh, and I wouldn't even be doing any of this if I didn't believe this and, and, and know that this is true. Hey, same here, man, same here. Yeah, I was, I was uh, listening to the archive on uh, the show, uh, getting caught back up, and uh, I, I wanted to hand it to you. You made an excellent analogy with uh, the people's reaction. It's as if someone has died. Someone close to them yeah. died, and they're still like lost. It hasn't hit them yet, you know. And uh, exactly, you know, I, a lot of those properties are probably like you know, generations um, owned through their family for generations. You know, and nobody really wants to just turn their back on on the property that they have. And I mean, there's I'm sure there's like all sorts of things that, that weigh on your mind when it comes to an evacuation. But but 
I'm telling you, man, I'd already be out of there. Um, is there anything you want that, that maybe you forgot to add from last night that you wanted to, uh, to bring us bring us up up to date on, up to speed on? Yeah, that? I think I think one of the, one of the things that I really want to communicate here to everyone, uh, two things actually. One is this is not uh, an evacuation that's going to be happening in a couple weeks or a couple months. I have it to my knowledge. It's going to be happening in a few days to to maybe a week. Um, so really, it's unfortunate because yes, it is hard, and yes. You know, I, I completely understand the, the how difficult it must be to let go of all those things. But, but I do know people who are doing it because they are aware and they are awake, as you would say. And the second thing is, you know, it's unfortunate that this is not being viewed as a as an American problem. It's being viewed as a Gulf problem. Um, and it's probably a worldwide problem, actually. And that is something that is so crucial and so critical, and people are just oblivious. I've had people... You know, call me a liar saying that there's not even oil out here today. That was, that was a new one, but there's, that, that it's a lie, you know. And, and, and regardless of what your beliefs are, I mean, I'm down here. I'm experiencing this. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy who's down here and has the, the luxury, if you can even call it that, to talk to literally hundreds of people over the last couple of weeks from all different walks of life, from government all the way down to, you know, homeless fishermen, essentially, and they are all saying the exact same thing, and that's get the hell out of here. Yeah, I, I would have already been gone. Um, uh, how long? How much longer do you plan on being down there? I was originally planning on being down here uh, for the 17th, and I am actually leaving tomorrow because that is how confident I am in what we're hearing. Wow. So, in other words, he's hearing a possible evacuation scenario very quickly. Now, whether that happens or not, you know, there's been a lot of banter about this, uh, but it could be in the next day, it could be in the next couple weeks, the next month. It's hard to say. If uh, I have said this before, I think one of the main things that will either precipitate an evacuation will be either the air quality degrading to such a point where people are literally starting to drop dead. At that point, they're really not going to be able to do a whole lot but evacuate because they can't hide that. At least to a certain extent, they can't hide it. Um, it's going to be much harder if that happens. Uh, and then the other thing that would precipitate it is if the actual well uh, either imploded, they put a nuke down there, um, there's a, that methane gas bubble that's been talked about creating a tsunami. Obviously, that would be a... Uh, cataclysmic event that would happen very suddenly. You wouldn't have time to evacuate. And I chose to err on the side of safety and just get out of there uh, because there's just way too many scenarios that could go off. There's so many that um, I just believe that um, it was just best to leave. And, and if you have that opportunity, if you can get out of there in any way, shape, or form, I would highly encourage you to do it. Um, pray about it, fast about it if you need to, but... Um, I'm praying that the Lord, you know, gets the remnant out of there and the innocent. So let's go a little bit further here. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, I, I think that there is so much confusion and disinformation. Well, I, I'm glad you're down there, man, and that you're uh, spreading the word and you're setting people straight. Um, I know we've been screaming this. It, it sound, it's, so, it's almost so far-fetched it's unreal, you know. To, to sit here and explain to somebody that, that this ca- catastrophe, that this event, and, and it's it's almost unbelievable. 
And people don't want to hear it. I mean, it's totally, it's, it's understandable that that's the, the case. But, you know, do I think that it's something people should be listening to? Yes. Uh, you know, and no matter how hard it is to hear, I mean, the truth is hard to hear. And people think that it's so outlandish that it couldn't possibly be true. But all signs are indicating that it's the only thing that's true. You know, the people, the people who are from here, I love the people from here. They are not, they are not dumb or, or any stereotype, you know, just the, just the same uh, as anywhere. You know, you're going you're gonna to have your ideas on here. They're not stupid. I mean, there are people down here who know. I think that if this, this was occurring anywhere, it would be the same thing. Because the, 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 the difference between this and a hurricane or this and a fire or a flood or, or whatever is essentially that it's slowly happening. I mean, it's gonna, it's increasing every day, but, I mean, we're literally being gassed. I mean, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can taste it, you can breathe it. The symptoms are long-lasting. But it is a slow thing. It's not a hurricane knocking a building down. It's gas is being poured into the air, essentially, and poisoning us. It's, it's, it's oil slowly washing up onto the beaches. It's, you know, it's more of a slow kill. So I think it's harder for people to, to understand and really grasp it. And we did have... Like I said, the ability to be in five different cities in a day or, or a couple different places. I and mean, we're in our cars. So the analogy that comes to mind is the analogy where, you know, you take a frog and you throw him in boiling water, he jumps out real quick. That would be more akin to a hurricane coming at you or something of that nature. Whereas if you take the same frog and you put him in lukewarm water and you slowly turn the burner up, he'll stay in there till it's boiling, he'll be dead. This is exactly the same scenario that's going on in the Gulf right now. It's more of a turning the burner up slowly as it's happening. And in this case, they're literally being gassed, most likely to death if they continue to stay in that environment. We're not doing this, you know, we're not flying around. We're, do, we're, we're trying to do it as, as much as anybody who lives here would, would be doing it. And, you know, I still see the, the, the resistance to understanding. But, you know, the people down here are resilient. I, I, I hope that, and I pray to God that they will not wait until FEMA's knocking on their door and taking them out in the middle of the night to wake up. You know, that's my prayer. Yeah, that, that quote is from Sir Winston Churchill. It says, Men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing ever happened. <laughs> that's a perfect quote to describe what's happening. Other wells around this area, I mean, what's happening down there is unprecedented. It's never, nothing like this has ever happened. And you have to wonder how this was allowed to happen, and then, you know, again, I'm still doing my homework, but the next question is, why was it maybe allowed to happen? You know, uh, maybe there was, a, there was something deeper going on here. I mean, I sure think that there's something a lot darker going on here than is being talked about. And I'm, I'm not proud to say it, but I, I believe that this oil debacle, this oil disaster was an event that was uh, scheduled to happen in somebody's books somewhere, and that it's not meant to get fixed for quite a while. Um, they needed they needed a way to get in and do the and, and do the things that they need to do for population uh, um, for, for depopulation and uh, to to take over this country. Um, and, and I can support that with facts for many 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 different different areas. Um, but that's what I've been led to believe through my research, man. You know, there's 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 an elite group out there that call the shots and blow the whistles, and uh, yeah. this was meant this was meant for us, and we're just going to have to suck it up and deal with it, and uh, you know, use our heads. Um, you know, the government's not helping. 
they are they are absolutely uh, stonewalling the American people on this. Um, it's just it, it just it absolutely disgusts me to, to see um, the direction that uh, our, our federal government is, is taking on all this, and it just goes to show you that this side of the fence they're really on. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, no, I you know I, I you know it, it, again it's good to hear people like you, Phil, who, who say that because. Uh, I mean, it's not good to hear. It's, it's, it's bad, but it's the truth, you know, and, and the truth is sometimes very hard to swallow. Uh, again, I came out here, like I said, so naive, not versed in anything. You know, I hadn't even heard the word elite used in this way three weeks ago, you know, but now I get it, you know, and it, it's so evident and so obvious. Like you said, there's so many facts. We have, you know, one of the greatest things about this is we have so much on camera, you know, so much on camera that I think these people are not happy about. I and mean, we were followed around the other night by two different vehicles. Um, you know, there's lots of instances, especially since we started getting vocal about what we're seeing, where someone's not happy. Someone somewhere is not happy. I, you know, was it scheduled? I can't say. I don't know. But does it look like it might have been? It looks like, yeah, it might have been. And that's, that's horrifying. If that's true, and like I said, you know, we don't have the, the concrete proof, but if that is true then we got a real bumpy road ahead of us. We already do with the spill alone. But if, but if, if what, what I'm hearing is going to happen, happens, we gotta, we got to really stand up as a country here and really take back our rights. We're, we're already losing. I mean, our First Amendment uh, rights are gone already. I mean, and w w how long, how long will we sit and not stand up? How long are people just going to be passive and, and not say something? I mean, I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. I know I'm not. I know you're not the only one who feels this way. How do we do this so that we do not succumb to them? They probably want us to revolt. They probably want an excuse to call martial law. I mean, what better? What better reason? But you know, if we all go into some sort of revolution for them to say, you know what? Now we're in martial law. We have to be smarter than them, and we have to stay ahead of this curve because it's a dangerous and slippery. Okay, so that was the. Uh that was that little clip I wanted to play for you. Okay, so continuing on, you know, he mentioned about the, the possibility of uh, that this was a pre-planned event. Now we've covered this extensively in the previous teachings, from the sell-off of stocks from the BP CEO. I think he sold off a huge amount of his own stocks. Uh, Goldman Sachs got rid of 44% of their stock portfolio prior to this happening, all of the shadiness that surrounded the actual disaster itself. Uh, there's there so many different things that you can look at. The fact that Halliburton cemented, uh, completed some type of cementing process on the oil head 20 hours prior to the, blowout, to the blowout of the well, and that was reported in the LA Times paper, but it was quickly, you know, at that point it wasn't talked about anymore. You could go on and on and on about all of the things that would point to this being a pre-planned thing that they did on purpose. And again, the motto of the Illuminati is Ordo Ab Cal, which in Latin is the 33rd degree, uh, the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason means order out of chaos. So they're trying to bring their order out of this chaos, and most likely this chaos, we've only seen the tip of it. We've only seen a little bit of it at this point. So then the next report we can go to is uh, from Wayne Matson report. A well-placed source in California told Wayne Madison Report that the California Emergency Management Agency, or SEMA, has been briefed by its counterpart agencies in the Gulf Coast states that there are plans to conduct a mass evacuation of millions of Gulf Coast residents due to the catastrophic environmental 
and public health effects of the BP oil disaster. SEMA officials have been briefed on the planned evacuations by counterparts in the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and the Emergency Preparedness, Alabama Emergency Management Agency, the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency, and the Florida Division of Emergency Management. The Gulf States Emergency Planners stressed to their California counterparts that they are dealing with a disaster of unprecedented proportions and that contingency plans are being constantly updated and revised on ways to deal with the transformation of the Gulf of Mexico into a deadly toxic soup of oil and Corexit 9,500 oil dispersants and the atmosphere into where a dangerous mixture of the hydrocarbon gases is forming. SEMA was briefed on the impending mass evacuation since California would be expected to absorb a large number of evacuees from the Gulf states. SEMA officials did not say how the, Calif- how the state of California, which is virtually bankrupt, would pay for the influx of hundreds of thousands and perhaps greater numbers of evacuees from the Gulf coastal region. And again, this is all the more reason to get out now. You do not want to be caught in that, let me tell you. You do not want to be caught in that. Because you could end up in a FEMA camp, courtesy of our government. And um, there's a good likelihood that if you're on any of their lists, you'll never see the the light of day. Now, I'm not saying that to to try to promote fear of man, but as a watchman, I'm supposed to warn people. And uh, there are just too many too many things I'm seeing out there that are pointing in this direction and have been pointing in this direction for literally months now.